Now hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him and take him, him aside from the crowd privately. Jesus put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue and looked up to heaven. He sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited that next week Bishop Scott will be here to confirm, to receive those who wish to be a part of the church. This office of confirmation, as the prayer book tells us, that in confirmation, the candidates publicly confess their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and their commitment to follow him as Lord. They confess their desire for the strengthening of grace that they received in baptism through the laying on of hands, that the Holy Spirit may fill them more and more for their ministry in the church and in the world. This is the time when they become full members of the church and ambassadors of the kingdom of God. It's also a time for all of us to renew our commitment to listen and to follow Jesus, to walk in the grace that we have received as members of the body of Christ, each called and empowered for the work of the ministry by the Holy Spirit. St. Paul tells us, that we are each given to the church by the Spirit as apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. We are called within the body of the church and within the life of the parish to both execute and to receive the ministry of these gifts, to give and to receive, to pour out and to be filled. In various groups and at various times, we may be called into a particular gifting. Holy Scripture prepares us, instructs us, inspires us, and perhaps even challenges us to walk in these giftings. We can listen to today's gospel and hear a call to a variety of giftings. I want to focus on one particular way that this lesson may speak to us and call us and be an example for us of the gifting of the evangelist. But before we examine this call to be an evangelist, let's first look at the physical and narrative geography of this passage. 
where we are in Galilee and where we are in Mark's narrative. After rebuking the Pharisees and scribes, as we heard last week, regarding the nature of purity and defilement as coming from within the heart, not from ritual behaviors, Jesus departs from the Jewish region around Galilee and goes to the Gentile region of Tyre, where he encounters the humble faith of a Syrophoenician woman who is content even with the crumbs that fall from the master's table. An encounter we recall each week as we pray the prayer of humble access before coming to this table. We then hear that Jesus departs from the region of Tyre through the Gentile region of Sidon to come to the Gentile region of the Decapolis on the other side of the Sea of Galilee from his ministry in Capernaum. This is in the region where previously Jesus had come ashore and cast out the legion of demons from the man who had lived among the tombs. The region when the people said, go away from us. But Jesus, listening to this man from whom he'd cast out the demons, this man who wanted to join him and go with him, Jesus says, no. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. Jesus sends this man who he has healed to be an evangelist of the kingdom in the region of the Decapolis. And so when Jesus returns to this region, the people who had begged him to leave instead bring to him a man who had lost his hearing and could not speak clearly. Listen closely to what Jesus does. In this Gentile land, he does some of the things that Jewish exorcists do. He spits. He looks to heaven. He invokes the power of heaven. But Jesus does this privately and not as a public spectacle. We see here a very physical Jesus. A Jesus who touches. A Jesus who spits. A Jesus who sighs. A Jesus who is concerned about the physical needs of the man in front of him. This is the Jesus who heals. Jesus, touching the man, commands, Ephatha, be opened. And the man's ears are opened and his tongue is loosed. Before we go on in the narrative, let's take a moment to look at where we are in the bigger picture of Mark's gospel. This narrative of the good news of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Remember that as we look at Mark's gospel, as the revelation of Jesus to the disciples, first as teacher, then as prophet, and then with Peter's confession as Messiah. And then Jesus reorients everything about what they think about Messiah, revealing himself to be the son of man, the son of David. And finally, as the centurion proclaims at the cross, this truly is the son of God. In this narrative, we are coming to the end of the revelation of Jesus as prophet. And this label of prophet, this way that the disciples understand Jesus as prophet, is becoming way too small to contain the fullness of the Jesus that they see. We're still another cycle of miraculous feeding, a challenge from the religious elite, a boat ride, a miraculous healing, away from Peter's confession of Jesus as the Messiah. 
But the demons have already recognized who Jesus is. They say, who are you? Why have you come? We even have hints that the Syrophoenician woman recognizes Jesus as who he is, even if she doesn't have the words to declare it. And now we have a man with this intense physical encounter with Jesus. I think he gets it too. And Jesus tells him, keep it under wraps. But this kind of encounter, this kind of knowledge about Jesus cannot be kept silent. This man cannot hold the evangelist within himself. And he goes about proclaiming all that Jesus has done for him. And then the crowd in this Gentile region proclaims Jesus in divine terms, echoing the, it was good from God's creation of the world. They say, see, he has done all things well. He has made all things good. And echoing Isaiah's description of the coming of God's reign that we heard in our first reading. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. In typical Markan fashion, it's the outsiders who recognize the messianic age and the insiders who resist. So what does this have to do with our call and our encouragement as evangelists? What does this have to do with our call to walk into our gifting as evangelists? First, this calls me to re-examine my own mental picture of evangelism. Unfortunately, when I hear that word, images of high-pressure sales focused on death. If you die tonight, do you know where you will go? And the pride-filled attitude of, if I have the right answers, because I have the right answers, you just need to know that I am right and you are wrong, and then you can accept Jesus. The evangel, the good news, is not restricted to where we go when we die. It's not a matter of knowing the right things. It's a matter of knowing the right person person, Jesus. The call to evangelism is the call to humility, to hospitality, and to healing as they are portrayed in the gospel. We are called to the humility to listen for the work of God and to recognize Jesus in those that we might consider outsiders, those that are outside the church those that are outside what we consider Christianity, those that recognize Jesus but may not know his name, have much to teach us. I do well to remember that it is the outsiders and not the religious elite or even the disciples who were walking with Christ who first recognize who Jesus really is. They are the ones who recognize first the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. It's the humility to know that the gift of the evangelist begins with knowing that our own ears must be unstopped before our tongues can be loosed. Our ears must be opened so that we can provide the hospitality 
of listening, truly listening, not just crafting an argument as the other person talks, not just waiting to speak, but truly listening, listening to the real physical people in front of us, listening for what they might reveal about the inbreaking kingdom of God in their lives, listening for the need, for the hurt, for the desire that they express, listening for the wounds that we're called to heal, listening and giving hospitality even when we disagree, for they may have much to teach us. And when our ears are opened, then our tongues may be loosed, and by the power of making sure. When our ears are opened, then our tongues may indeed be loosed, and by the power of the Holy Spirit we may speak clearly, giving voice and words to the work of God that we see in the lives of others. With wonder we can proclaim as we hear another story. What a blessing! What a blessing that God is doing this in your life! What a blessing to know the work is in this posture of humility, of waiting to see what God may be doing, and this hospitality of welcoming another into us, that we can ask if we can pray for the healing power of the kingdom that is real and tangible, that is manifest in ways that we can touch, ways that we can evoke the spirit of heaven, Ways that may even involve spit and groaning and prayer and touching. Ways that both inspire and require us to look not to ourselves, but to heaven. And so, as we come to this table today, as we receive in our hands and on our tongues the body and the blood of Christ, I invite you to hear what Jesus is calling you. How Jesus is speaking to you in this day, in this encounter, in this time. Perhaps Jesus will speak to you. Afafta, be opened. And then, as we depart from here, go and tell about the glory of the kingdom of God. Go and tell what Jesus has done for you, for indeed, Jesus does all things well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.